Welcome to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast, where we help El Pasoans get away from taking pain medications, avoid getting injections, avoid surgery, and keeping up an active lifestyle. This podcast is presented to you by Dr. David Midoff, expert physical therapist and owner of El Paso Manual Physical Therapy. It is our goal and intentions to provide you with valuable tips and insights from experts in the El Paso area so you too can stay healthy, fit, and energized. Now here is your host, Dr. David. Hey, welcome to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast. My name is Dr. David Midoff, physical therapist, owner of El Paso Manual Physical Therapy. Today we're going to talk about the three most important muscles for good lower back health. Now the reason why I'm doing this podcast is I've had tons of questions lately from people with back problems asking about which muscles they need to focus on and which exercises they need to do to focus on those muscles. Now being that this is a podcast, I can't really show you exercises, so I'm going to talk about some concepts more importantly. Um, and, and I say more importantly because there's tons of exercises out there and a good exercise for a certain muscle may be a bad exercise for another muscle. So that it really is situational and it depends on, on your specific situation. If you've got a back problem, you, there's different things that you could do at, at this time versus you know if you're a little bit better than an exercise that may have hurt you in the past could actually be beneficial to you now. So specific exercises I don't want to go into right now, we'll talk about the muscle groups instead. So let's get into it. The top three most important muscles to, to improve your lower back health. Number one is definitely your abdominals. Everybody kind of gets that. It's, it's no secret in the healthcare field, especially if you're in the healthcare field, people know that your abdominals should be strong in order to have good back health. But what we often see people do is that they'll come in saying, I've been working on my abs, I've been doing sit-ups, I've been doing planks. They'll show us exercises they've found on the internet for, for ab exercises, and they'll tell us, it hurts my back. Sometimes it even creates a popping or clicking sensation in the back, and it leaves my back even more sore. And, you know, personally, I've had that feeling myself, so I know exactly what they're talking about. Um, but what we're finding in these people is that if you think about the abdominal muscles those muscles run from the bottom of your rib cage all the way down to the top of the pubic area on the pubic bone and the muscles wrap around your sides and and through tendons they connect directly to your lower back bones the vertebrae so they can influence the lower back quite a bit now, through your abdominal muscles, now within your abdominal muscles, you've got four different muscles. You've got the rectus abdominis, the transversus abdominis, the internal obliques, and the external obliques. And because these muscles are so large as far as the space that they cover, they're actually really thin, like almost paper thin in some people, but they're, they're broad muscles they function differently in different areas. And so when we talk to people here in the clinic about their abs, one of the questions that I ask them is, is I say, well, you've been working your abs out for your back problem. I'm sorry, it hasn't been helping you out. But tell me this, when you work out your abs, do you find that your upper abs mainly get the workout 
or is it your lower abs or is it everything? What part of your abs is getting affected more so when you work, when you exercise your abs? And we get all kinds of mixed answers and, and really it, depending on the way that their back problem is presenting and the specifics of their back problem, if it's more of a disc issue or a stenosis issue or a, a nerve issue, you want to target different parts of the abdominals. And you also have to test to see where you're weaker. Some people kind of know where they're weaker. They can feel it. And some people have no clue. They can't tell themselves, you know, where, where they're weakest. And that's that's our job here in the clinic. We'll, we'll muscle test specifics of the muscles and, and be able to tell you, hey, you're weaker in your upper abs or your lower abs or or there's evidence that you've been using your abs, your upper abs more so than your lower abs because of the way that other muscles look, how they've counterbalanced the the loss of muscle balance here. So be careful when you're working out your, your abs. When Whenever you are doing an exercise for your lower back, it should not hurt your back. It should not hurt during or right after. Or it shouldn't leave your back more sore. The effect that you should feel is that it didn't hurt it one bit. In fact, it it is improved a bit and over time as you continue to exercise it continues to improve and feels better so let's move on to the second muscle the second muscle that's critical for lower back health is the glutes now people don't really think about this one because it's not really a part of the lower back in most people's eyes it doesn't connect to the vertebrae the the spine bones of the lower back it's, it's more in the, the hips, around the hip joints. But these muscles are so important because if, if you think about them in the grand scheme of, of things, in the grand scheme of your body, they're huge. They're, they're enormous muscles. They're, they're thick and they're, they're large as far as how much space they cover, which means that they have a lot of power and a lot of, in, a lot of potential for stability in the rest of the body. And because they control the, the hips and the pelvis, the, the pelvis and the hips are the foundation for the rest of the spine. So without good quality control and strength from the glute muscles, then you're likely going to run into some back problems. So one of the next questions that I ask people whenever they're dealing with a back problem is I'll say, Hey, whenever you go to exercise, like, you, you know, you told me you like to do lunges or squats or run or jump on the bike or, or anything like that, I'll, I'll ask them, how often do you feel the burning your butt muscles? And about nine times out of 10, people say, never, once every few months at most. And that to me is evidence that they're not targeting their butt muscles very well. And many times it's just a small tweak on an exercise that they're already doing to get the butt muscles to turn on the glutes so that they can begin to do that same exercise in a way that is making their glutes work. Classic example that we see here is uh, with, with runners. There's Most runners don't feel sore in their glutes unless they're sprinters. Sprinters tend to use their entire leg muscles. You, ha you just have to if you're going all out sprinting there's it's it, it's nearly impossible to do it without using every muscle but for somebody who's doing more distance running more you know cardio based running not not sprinting somebody's running say for several miles 5k's 10k's or, or longer distances of course you know half marathons and marathons they will usually say that they're sore in their hamstrings and their quads and their calf muscles 
hardly ever their glutes. Or if anything, they get just a tiny bit sore in their glutes, but it's heavily the quads, hamstrings. And this is evidence to me that they're not properly using their glutes because glutes are a huge muscle, like I said. Now, some people say, well, the quads and the hamstrings are pretty big. And, and my response to that is, is, yeah, but they're mainly moving the knee and the knee just bends and extends. The glutes control the hip joint and the base of the spine. There's way more importance on the glutes. And if you, if you think about the quad muscles themselves, they're long and slender. They only have one direction of pull. The glutes actually have multiple directions of pull. So in, if, if you pit them against each other, glutes are way more important than the hamstrings or quads are for just about any activity. So some common exercises that, that we'll give people will be some lunges, um, squats. We do our lunges and squats quite different than what most people have been shown. Oftentimes, when we show people the way that we do squats or lunges, they'll say, I never learned it this way. How come nobody ever showed me how to fire my glutes? And, and they'll be surprised. And, and some people will say, well, I, I played sports all through high school and I worked out in the gym with, with my coaches and my trainers and nobody ever showed me how to do it like this. And my response to them is always, I'm sure that they had the best intents and that they were doing the best that they could with, you know, an entire football team or volleyball team or, or whatever team you're on. Um, but they just don't have a physical therapist background like I do. And so I just look at the body differently. And luckily, they probably didn't have a whole lot of injuries. So what they've done has been successful most of the time. So that's what they've been continuing to do. But over time, over the course of years and decades, that's when that wear and tear starts to build up. And that imbalance starts to build up where they, they get stronger in their quads or weaker in their abs or glutes. And then it begins to affect the lower back. Um, so it's it's totally fine. Don't feel bad if you're like, holy moly, I've never been using my glutes on squats and and and, uh, and lunges and I've been doing them for years and years and years. Um, you've got to find a way to make sure that your glutes are working on a regular basis. That's That's critical for back problems. So let's go into the final... Um, muscle group that is important for your back health. The low back muscles. Now, this is obvious. A lot of people are probably thinking, you know, I, I've been doing exercises for that. I, I feel that I need to get stronger in my lower back muscles. They're weak. And um, what I want to do is dispel a few myths about this, this area. And, and just to be specific, I'm talking about the muscles that are directly on the lower back. Like if you reach behind yourself and touch the sides of your spine. If you move off to, the, off to the right or left of the center of your lower back, those are the muscles that I'm talking about. They're called the lumbar paraspinal muscles in the medical books. And they work whenever you bend backwards or, or um, a common exercise that people do to work them out is they'll lie on their stomach and then pick up their arms and legs. Sometimes this exercise is called the Superman and it makes those lower back muscles contract quite a bit. Now, these muscles are kind of small and some people they get really big and that's not a good thing but their primary function is not really to stabilize the back but more so to decelerate certain movements like um like flexion and rotation for instance um so twisting so you got to make sure that you're not too heavily strong in these muscles they're, they're more for control 
and isolating them out is typically not a good idea. Now, sometimes we do tell people to do that, but most of the time we want people to not really feel their lower back muscles work really, really hard. Um, a common exercise that aggravates these poor low back muscles is deadlifts. Squats can do this as well. Um, but we often have people that have had a history of doing weightlifting and they'll say, oh yeah, deadlifts kill my back. I just, every time I do it, I feel tight in my lower back. And and if I if I do it enough, I'm, I'm stuck in bed for a while. I can't get up. I can't move around very, very good. And my back muscles just feel way too tight, especially on one side more than the other. Now, that's usually a sign of an imbalance. Their back muscles are have been too dominant during the deadlift motion and they haven't used other muscles that they should be using to accomplish a deadlift. So the those poor back muscles are, are rebelling. They're letting the person know that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be stability muscles, not big weightlifting muscles. So a trick that I do with a lot of our, our back pain clients is we we actually want them to get relatively weaker in their lower back muscles. Now, I'm not saying you need to get weaker, like lose muscle. That's rarely ever a good thing. It's more so that we want the other supporting muscles to get stronger so that your lower back is relatively weaker. It's it's keeping its same strength, but we're not going to strengthen it aggressively like we might other muscles so that it is more in in proportion strength-wise so that the balances normalize around your, your lower back. But um, these these lower back muscles, they're, they're critical. You, you can't live without them. They're, they're super important and, uh, and you need them in, in good health. Most of the time when we're talking about good health for the lower back muscles, we just want them to not spasm. That's a common place for people to get spasms. And if they're getting spasms, it means that they're using them way too much and using them inappropriately. So we're teaching people to move better in a way that doesn't make them spasm. We're teaching them to, to avoid twisting too much because that will tend to set it off. Twisting is sneaky. It happens all the time. Whenever we're at home doing chores in awkward positions, it, it's almost inevitable to twist. But if you can take a moment to think about how you're going to move so that you don't twist, it can save you a heck of a lot of trouble later on in life. Um, sometimes you have to twist. It's just the nature of, of the situation that you're in. I can tell you I, I never twisted so much in my life until I started having children. And, you know, when they were little, we had to get them in and out of the car seats. And getting in, getting a child into a car seat, especially when they're when they're real little and they have that big carrier and, and you, you know, it's got the handle, that thing is heavy. And, you know, when they're like a year old, when they're kind of almost starting to walk and they're, they're getting big and pudgy, that's that's a heavy baby and in order to get them in and out of the the car in the back seat it's just a little rough on the back sometimes you have to twist a bit so um you know i'm not saying you you can't ever avoid twisting but you want to minimize it to make sure that your lower back muscles are are healthy and happy so there you go guys those are the three most important muscle groups it's more more of a strategy uh, than it is some specific exercises to do like i said the specifics come from a, a well-thought-out plan on how to improve a back problem. And, you know, I, I, I don't like to give out specifics online just because, you know, I haven't had a chance to look at you. I haven't had a chance to figure out how this joint's moving, how this muscle feels. 
what your specific activities are throughout the day, the best is to get all of that factored in to your diagnosis and then develop a well thought out plan that we begin to systematically execute and march to better health. It's amazing. I love helping out people with back problems because it's like week to week, they're getting better, a little better, a little better. And and I love it when we hit the, the plan right as we intended. Uh, you know, when we get to week three or week four and, and I tell people, yep, this is exactly where I expected you to be. You're sleeping better. You're moving better. I know it's not completely gone, but you're definitely on the path to avoiding a surgery. And then we get to the end of the program and, and they're sometimes lifting weights by then or running or they're, they're back to their normal previous activities at least. Oftentimes they want to do even more than that. And, and I tell them, hey, you got to just keep up a few things. It's not going to be as intense as it was at the beginning, but at least now you know what you need to do to keep healthy for the long run. And, um, and oh, you bet we talk about these three important muscle groups and, and we go into detail about what to do about each of them so that once our clients end with us, they're, they're no longer seeing us for treatment, they know how to manage any flare-ups that they're going through later on in life. You know, if, they, if the back problem starts to come back a little bit in six months or, or a year or two, they jump right back on those exercises that they didn't that they've done in the past, and they have a much better sense of awareness about how to help themselves before having to call somebody for specialist help. So, hey, El Paso, I hope that this was beneficial to you. I hope that you learned something about your back problems and and the the muscle groups that are important, and you know how to decipher which exercises are good and, and not good, and and when to pay attention to what you're feeling and all that. If you have any questions about your specific back problem, please give us a call. Our phone number is 915-503-1314. And um, talk to us about your back problem. We'd love to learn more and, and see if we can help you out, see if we're the right people to help you out. Especially if you're looking to avoid having a back surgery. If you had a a, a parent or, or grandparent that, that had a back surgery or suffered from back problems and, and you saw them in not the best shape of, at the end of their life or or they're getting older right now, they're, you know, they're still around, thankfully, but they're not moving too well, their quality of life isn't the greatest, the last thing we want is for you to end up like them. And if you're having a back problem right now that's similar to theirs, more often than not, I, definitely nine times out of ten, it is preventable. You can get it better without ever having surgery, and you don't have to be taking pain medications, you don't have to have a bottle of ibuprofen on your grocery list every few months because you go through it. You don't have to have injections if you're getting injections that's just medication that they inject directly into the spine and um, it's not getting you stronger it's not teaching you to move better it is not preventing the surgery it's really just putting it off so make sure that you do the right treatment to make to get this problem healthy again Uh, we don't want you to have a lower back surgery that you could have avoided anyways i wish you the very best day and we'll talk soon again bye-bye Thank you so much for listening to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast, brought to you by El Paso Manual Physical Therapy, where we help El Pasoans get away from taking pain medications, avoid getting injections, avoid surgery, and keeping up an active lifestyle. If you'd like to learn more about what El Paso Manual Physical Therapy can do for you, call 915-503-1314 or visit our website at epmanualphysicaltherapy.com. Mention this podcast for a free discovery visit valued at $100. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and follow the show 
on your favorite listening platform so you won't miss an upcoming episode. Tune in next time to get the best health tips from experts in the El Paso area.